Jeff Reed. I am the director of the Flat River Community Library. Sharon, and I am a reference circ assistant. Um, my name is Maddie Hunt Toon. You can find me over at the community center. I'm the theater coordinator there. Welcome to the Flat River Front Porch. You know what? We are finally not unburied from the snow. We no, we are still We're more buried. or less buried. But we have points of entry to our buildings and our vehicles. Yes, and we can drive someplace and stay on the road and all of those are things to be thankful for absolutely Um, but we still have substantial sledding and snowman material so it's a good mix i have not learned how to make a snowman i do not know how to make a proper snowman snowman? i know right i mean i do i I mean it's pretty straightforward (laughs) you just make a ball and then you just keep making it bigger it never sticks is there a trick to getting it to stick together you gotta have the right kind of snow Oh, maybe I just never had the right kind of snow. This is a lot of conversation before introducing ourselves. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Um, uh, it, again, if, if you if you have been listening, and I hope you have, but if, if you haven't, welcome. Um, I am Steph Reed. I am the director of the Flat River Community Library, and I am joined today by... Sharon, and I am a reference circ assistant. Okay. Um, a fairly new reference circ assistant. She was... Yes. She did all of our most uh, painful administrative tasks for a while there. <laughs> um, but yes, it, to get back, since you are obviously not a snow expert, you're relatively no. new to snow. Yes. Um, there are different kinds of snow. And the kind of snow that you want to make a snowman is the slightly warmer snow. So like mm. right around the freezing point. So like it's a little bit more wet but like yes. the colder it is when you get snowfall, so the way it's been the last week or so, it gets up to be a very dry, very uh, light snow, and that right. does not stick together very okay. well. Okay, I'm trying to build snowmen at the wrong time. Yes. Okay. But unfortunately, the state of Michigan does not necessarily care about <laughs> your need to, to build a snowman. I, so. I've noticed that Mother Nature does not care about my wishes whatsoever. Right, it's, yeah. It's extremely inconvenient. Yes. Um, and I'm but, still a little terrified. I've lived here for, what, 10 years now? I, st- I got stuck twice this week in my side-by-side, which is, you know, four-wheel drive and uh-huh. made. It's got a snowplow in the front of it. I'm plowing my driveway. and I. You got stuck in a vehicle with a snowplow on the front? Yes. You can just plow your way out? No. Is that a silly question? No, I don't think it is, because <laughs> I would think so, too. I would assume okay. that I could just plow my driveway okay. and not get stuck, but no. I, I just, that sounds like an aphorism. I can plow everyone but myself. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. But, yeah, so... Yeah, I just don't know how to drive in the snow. I mean, that's, okay. that's pretty much what it is. I, it's me. Yeah, and th- that's another uh, Michigan secret, is that... Mm-hmm. Very few people do. Um, I'm pretty sure that the majority of people who live in the state forget that snow exists Mm -hmm. until about Thanksgiving. Right. And then when they see it again, there is a moment of just sheer panic. There is a common misunderstanding that the best possible way to handle it is to drive as slowly as humanly possible, which (laughs) is not necessarily the best choice because the people around you Uh have to also drive at that same speed. That's true. But I've always heard slower was better. To a point. Okay. But knowing where that magic number is. Right. There's just a select few of us that have that in our heads. Uh, I believe but that. But all of us think we do. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But some of us really do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say which one I am. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm the one just white gripping the steering wheel yep. trying to stay on the road. So I grew up during a period where the parenting when it came to stuff like this was just... It's not a... a like. Well, you have to be really careful and very anxious about how you're going to do on the roads. It's mm-hmm. I was taught because 
The house that I grew up in in the Ada area is on top of a massive hill with a mm. very long driveway that turns. Yes. Halfway up. It runs parallel to the road and then turns to mm-hmm. go up into the property. And so the only way when it was snowy to get up that hill was to hit it at 30 miles an hour. Wow. Because if you lost momentum, you would slide backwards. And then you would have to very carefully try not to slide over the embankment. Oh, my goodness. Into the road below. But now I can drive in the snow oh, because I learned how to do that. The fittest right. There. I learned how to do that when I was 16. And I mean, now... Nothing right. scares me when it comes to winter driving. Nice. So, whereas you, just in case anyone listening has not discerned, are not from here. Not even close. Where are you from? I am from North Carolina, a little coastal town called Wilmington. Okay. 45 minutes north of Myrtle Beach, for reference. Okay. I'm, I've heard of Wilmington. I wouldn't be able to give you any factual information about it other than the, that it's in North Carolina. They make movies. Screen okay. Gem Studios is there. So there's oh, a see. lot of movies and TV shows that are filmed in Wilmington. Can you give us examples? Um, you shouldn't have brought it up if you couldn't come up with one. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm trying. I don't watch TV. Um, but you know it exists. I know it exists. And I've run into like Patrick Swayze at the gas station. Oh. Um, okay. So Cape Fear, the movie Cape, Cape Fear. Fear. Okay, you came up with one. There we go. Was, was filmed there. And I'm trying to remember the, the series that was so popular. It was a teenage drama. And I was in my late 20s when this was filmed. Dawson's so. Creek? There you go. Okay. Dawson's Creek was filmed there. Okay. So we get, we'd get tourists that just wanted yeah. to see the area just because it's like they, the 90s version of Forks. Yes, they were just obsessed with the TV show. It's okay. crazy. Is it a really touristy area? It is. Other than Dawson's Creek? Yeah, yeah, it it is. It's it's one of the major cities along the coast. Okay. So um, it's a port city, and, Mm -hmm. you know, they've got the battleship North Carolina station there. Okay. Is it a tourist thing? is, Is it a point of interest for Civil War buffs? Yes. Okay. So there is. there's an old fort uh-huh. um, at it's not yeah Carolina Beach, Wilmington Beach, Hempstead Beach. So I'm trying to remember the name of the. Oh my gosh, it's been a while since I've been there. Um, but yeah, there's a big Civil War okay. site there. I mean, it, it was part of the obviously part of the Civil War because in the Cape Fear River runs up. Oh right, and, and with into, it being a port, I imagine yes. that they were there was a lot of runners there. Yes, yeah. exactly. That like was Rhett a, Butler. Yeah, right. So that was who is like, clearly not a fictional character. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Too much. Too much of my knowledge of the Civil War comes from Gone with the Wind. Gotcha. Yeah. A, was there anything in between Wilmington and Michigan? It was it a straight shot from for me? Yeah. It was not okay. No. When I graduated uh, college there, I graduated from UNC Wilmington mm-hmm. and um, took a job at AAI Pharma, which was right next door to the movie studio. <laughs> That's how I ran of into course, so many people. That makes sense. So um, there was a gas station, the, the movie studio. And no, then... there's a gas station, us, and then the movie studio. Oh, okay. My bad. I yeah, apologize. So, that's okay. That business actually went under. And uh, a whole big pharmaceutical sca- scandal. Oh, so okay. I had to look for work elsewhere. Now, Wilmington... You didn't cause the scandal, did you? Oh, no, I did not. Okay. I was involuntarily involved. Okay. You, were a, you were a bystander. Oh, okay. Innocent bystander. Okay. Just All right. That in Justin, there. yeah. Yes, We've... innocent. And so... Uh, we were about to have an HR interview here. <laughs> right? <laughs> so... There's not a lot of uh, pharmaceutical opportunities in Wilmington. It's like okay. I said, it's it a was just the, there weren't competing rival pharmaceutical companies in Wilmington, no, North Carolina. Okay. There was not. So I'm looking everywhere. So the gas station, the the movie studio, and then two pharmaceutical companies. Pretty much. That, that's Wilmington. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm just entertaining myself right now. I apologize. Uh, but okay, so what was the next step for you? So I had to find work elsewhere, and okay. most of most of what I was able to do was up north. And I was oh. like, I am not moving up north. I'm a southern girl. Uh-huh. I'm not going north. And then I got a 
chance to work in Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. With uh, Merck Pharmaceuticals. They had a, a station down there. It was um, over the counter, you know, okay. Afrin, Zyrtec, that kind of stuff. Okay. And sunscreens and okay. Maybelline line. And so I. Nothing too controversial. Nothing yeah. too. Well, yeah, it, it was slightly controversial because okay. animal testing on oh, right, makeup right. products, which is why I don't wear makeup. But Memphis seems like it would be fun to. Memphis to live is in. awesome. Memphis is all the music. Ah, oh, music, barbecue, yeah, and just the, Elvis. Yeah, well, Elvis. <laughs> yes, I may have visited Graceland may three have? or four times. Did you black out? Oh during, like, my! How do you gosh. not know for sure whether you visited Graceland? I just don't want to admit that I went that much. That's all. Oh, okay. Well, how? Because I, I mean, was living there. You know, you need to live somewhere. You know, well, it's like when people things. live next to Disney World. Like, you just yeah. have to go. Yeah. Like, uh, yes. Yeah, every time someone would come visit, we'd like, you want to go to Graceland? Yeah, why not? <laughs> so we we invented reasons to go because it's okay. an amazing place. But yeah, fewer rides, I would imagine. Yeah, no roller coasters. At, no at roller coasters, no rides. It's really just his house. You just where tour. is where is Dollywood? That's not anywhere near that area, right? No, that's Central Tennessee. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> miles and miles away. <laughs> Tennessee's a long state, so it's yeah, it, it really is. If very, you, if you're going pretty. west to east, it is okay. a distance. Now, if taking, you're going north and south, no. Taking 75 down, I always liked driving through Tennessee because the Appalachians are very pretty. Yeah, it is. And they have the thing up there called the Dragon's Tail, which is 360 oh. curves okay. in like eight miles. And oh. so we would take the motorcycles okay. and do it. Oh, it's amazing. Okay. It's amazing. But then at some point you were like, okay, I need to I need to let myself experience miserable cold weather. So what precipitated that? Oh, so um my husband got a position up here. He oh, was okay. offered a job here. Um <laughs> he was working in Memphis as an electrician and there's a company up here called um Walgren who does plating and anodizing and they hired they subcontracted to him uh-huh. to do um the airport down there the fedex hangars oh, and okay. all so they were refitting the airplanes and the, uh-huh. the hangars and building new hangars and so they kind of stole him away and offered oh, him see. a job up here okay just went along for the ride i did i had my dream job i was working at saint jude children's research hospital oh okay and i was a project coordinator there uh-huh. in the solid tumor program okay. and it was it it is a dream job i uh-huh. mean they're ranked as one of the top companies to work for okay. every year but it really is a special place right so yeah and i told him i said if you take the position up there that's great i'll follow you you'll just owe me forever i i'm not working oh okay <laughs> now well, a stay-at-home mom that is a very reasonable yeah and i was a stay-at-home mom for what eight years <laughs> it lasted eight years mm-hmm. before i kind of got bored and that's how i ended up here at the yeah, library and now you because bought- this is a perfect fit it is. Yes, I will I will 100% agree that it does it does seem like a very good fit for you. You your your skills and personality have been a beautiful addition to our to our little symphony of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad you made it up here even even if you are struggling with the reality of northern I, living. I was resistant for many many years mm-hmm. and I'm just I've accepted my fate now. Right. I I live in Michigan. I will not lose the accent cuz I just cannot. Well, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. It's it's a part of you. It, it is me. Um I want to take a few minutes because I've been wanting to corner you to talk about this for a while now. Every November, we lose you for a couple of days because you are a die-hard comic-con participant and volunteer like you actively get involved in the production of the grand rapids comic-con which is it in was it in grand rapids this year yes it's okay. in grand rapids every november okay so in november yes it that sounds like it should be a given but it was not yes you you know what i'm starting to think that drama just follows you places it has plagued me my whole life. Right. Oh, I don't know that plagues the right word it, it it's enhanced my life right it's just it's just like radiated out it, from it, you it is have you ever wondered if maybe you are the epicenter of this <gasps> i have actually okay oh i've got stories how much time do we have <laughs> <laughs> 
we'll hold on to some of them for later because okay. that way we'll have we'll have excuses <laughs> to talk again later. But why do you like to do Comic Con every year? Well, it, yeah, I'm a product of my environment, just like everybody else. That's right. And I grew up in a very small community, uh, 1,100 people. Mm-hmm. You know, my high school graduating class was less than 100 people. Mm-hmm. Just very small community, and I was never exposed to theater or comic cons or anything creative like that. Once I moved away, especially going to Memphis, and I met my husband, and he was all into this kind of stuff. It was like a brand new world. Mm-hmm. And I it got me so excited. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, people dress up and go to comic cons mm-hmm. as their favorite characters. And, you know... It's very theatrical, definitely. It is, but I had never been exposed to it before, mm-hmm. so it just blew me away. And he took me to my first Comic-Con, and then he took me to my first Renaissance Fair. I think we visited uh, three different Comic-Cons, in three, or three different states for Comic-Cons, like five different for Renaissance Fairs. Now we mm-hmm. seek these things out and, okay. and go. But being there, and there was like people like me, there were not people like me in my hometown. I was kind yeah. of a weirdo. So, so yeah, so I kind of found my people. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is amazing. I, you know, I I want to be around these people. Uh-huh. So I started volunteering at the Comic Cons. And um, last year I was actually hired on staff. I'm a assistant program manager now. That's so cool. So I am okay. on staff. You and then there's another this. one coming up that is not in Grand Rapids, but is still technically under the Grand Rapids Comic Con umbrella. Yes, um, it's produced by Grand Rapids Comic Con, but it's in Kalamazoo. Okay. April 22nd through 24th. They will be down there for their spring road trip. I think the one in November is better for people who have not been to one before, just because it's so spread out. And we have so many different panels going on and so many different talks. And, you know, you can there's so much more to do. There's a whole gaming level where if you're into video games, you can just go down and play video games. Do they do tabletop stuff, too? They do. There's a separate area for that. There is a specific Grand Rapids Con that's just for. Yes, for tabletop gaming. Yeah. Yeah, yes. is it the gaming con? Is that what it's called? I think so. Okay, yeah, which is I think in the summertime. Yeah, but um, those people are are at November show also. Right. So. It's, a, it's yeah. That's the great thing about comic cons is it's a nice catch all yes. of different fandoms and yes. interests and so yeah. yeah. I mean, you can there's fan panels going on. Mm-hmm. So and it's just panels. people that are. I can't. Yeah, I had to put those together. Fanals. Fanals. Yeah. Right. I can't be the only one who like has it. made that connection. I'm sure not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just, and it's just regular people who just mm-hmm. have an obsession about a certain right. show. Or just enjoy or, it. Like you don't yeah, have to be exactly. obsessed. Exactly. Well, most of them are obsessed. Okay. I don't know, so. Your obsession is is recognized and appreciated, but yes. not required. Okay. A great enthusiasm. For yes. It. Are you a cosplayer? I don't because I've always volunteered and I can't. Oh, you're not allowed to as a volunteer. No, because that is a tragedy. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. So the the guest that we have for this week, we recorded with her a little while ago. So she thinks that this is coming out. You know. A month ago. I'm still happy that we had a chance to sit down and talk to her. And um, I will note that her presence, her participation in the podcast was Sharon's attempt to get out of participating in the podcast because I asked her to sit in with me. And she said, okay, but can I put this other person? Like, can she, I bring you used her friend? Yeah, you used her as a human shield and then found out that that wasn't going to save you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I tried. Um, she is a wealth of information about the Hans Christian Andersen Theater here mm-hmm. with the Green area recreation and community center that's where i'm coming up with it so it is gacc but like that 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 r is heavily implied apparently yes um but she just lives and breathes theater in fact i had a really hard time getting her to talk about anything else so um but she has a lot of information about all the cool Um, theatrical stuff that they do for the Danish festival and just year round we are meeting with Maddie Huntoon who is their director of the theater we um, we are sitting down right now with someone that this is my first time meeting so I'm very excited to to get to meet this person 
I like to give everyone who comes in the opportunity to actually introduce themselves. That way I don't accidentally mispronounce their name. So could you tell us who you are, where we can find you on an average day, and what are you up to currently? Um, my name is Maddie Hunt-Toon, and on the average day, you can find me over at the community center. I'm the theater coordinator there, so I'm doing thing, all things theater all the time. So so that's an all-encompassing thing. Or if the question is, what am I doing? The answer is theater. Yes, because okay. that's also my hobby. So if I'm not at work, I'm in a show somewhere else. Okay. So always theater. Okay. Did anyone ever tell you that you can do like other things? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but obviously didn't work. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it's, you know, whatever brings you joy. Yep. Um, so so what inspired you to take on that that role in the community? Um, well, I actually started as an actor over at the Hans Christian Anderson Theater program at the community center. And um I grew up in that program and once I graduated high school I kinda aged out and I was like, I gotta stay involved. So I started doing things like directing and I did some choreography and stuff like that and then they had a position open up in the office there so I started there and then when they had their theater coordinator who was in this position before me was heading off to college and was getting more serious about that I was like I want this position and then they took a chance on me and well here I am okay so you just you started acting and you just never went home yes exactly (laughs) yeah that's exactly how it went how old were you when you started acting um, I was, it was 2012, so I was 11. Okay. We have a young in on the podcast. Oh, this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can say without, without any question that you are the youngest person we've talked to on the podcast so Ooh, far. So yay, yay. <laughs> um, yes, it's, it's an exciting per- place to be. Absolutely. Is it something that you would like to do long term? Do you want to stay in the theater? Yeah, absolutely. I, I keep pushing this job as much as I can because I want to do this forever. So if I could never leave there, that would be my dream come true. It sounds like there there have been some other non-theater aspects that have been folded into your to your role recently, too. So what else do you have happening? I know I know there must be some non-theater things yes. in your life. Yes. Yeah. Well, over at the community center, I also do some of the other events there like the father-daughter dance we just did our mother-son last fall this was our second year doing that so it was a glow party that's pretty fun we did our first ever renaissance fair in september and that was yes that was awesome that was kind of my brainchild so i was really excited about that and i also do a lot of the marketing over at the community center I'm i'm a little bit involved in a lot of things over there and we were talking about this before we started recording, too, but that is just the beauty of anything that, that springs from local government in some way is that you have to be willing to be involved in a lot of different things. You have to have that sentiment of like, oh, yeah, sure, I can take that on. <laughs> yes, yes. That's how everybody is. We're a big team over there. We're always helping with everybody's projects. So you never get to do just one thing. You know, you get a little bit of everything. And the people who want to do just one thing tend to move on pretty quickly. Yes, yes. <laughs> so what is, what's one of the favorite things that you've worked on since you've started there? Everything. So what um, you're saying is your job. So what yes, was, uh, <laughs> I love my job. What was the favorite that you actually participated in that you were an actor? Um, before working here, my favorite was in 2019, we did Once Upon a Mattress. And that show was one that I wasn't familiar with going into. But that is an amazing show. I had so much fun. That was one that they allowed some older kids to come back for. So we had some that were in college for that one. And that one, it's a classic musical, but it was so fun. It was so fun. Yeah, that one's been around a long time. I am not that old, but that was a production they put on when I was in high school, probably when I was a freshman. And it wasn't recent then. Sharon, how did you meet Maddie? When we moved here six years ago, we were trying to figure out how to get involved in the community and meet people because we moved here without knowing anyone. I went on Facebook and I was looking around at community events and everything and I saw the community center and I saw the theater through there. And my oldest daughter at the time, she had done a couple of theater summer camps and things like that. So we were like, okay, this is a great way to meet people. And she tried out for Beauty and the Beast. That was her first play. And we walked in there not knowing anyone, and everyone was so nice. And just, that was the first time I met Ruth. And she is all theater also, a big champion of theater. 
And it, she was so welcoming and all the kids there were so well, they had never seen Tad before, but they were still like giving her pointers for auditions and going, okay, this person is, this person's okay. And, <laughs> you know, don't be nervous kind of thing. And they just took her in immediately. And it was just this big family. It was so nice. And I don't know if you were involved in that show. Not that one, no. Yeah. So you, I met you later on because mm-hmm. we kept going back to theater, of course, because it's such a great opportunity. I remember meeting you as you were a volunteer, I think, for um, The Little Mermaid, where you, or you got volunteer of the year that I got that the year. spirit. that The spirit? Uh, before that, I got the Spirit of Age Cat Award, but I yes. was up there handing that one out to the next one. I was one yes. of the co-directors for The Little Mermaid, so oh, okay. yes. that was my first show, doing anything leadership. I'd done assistant directing before that, but that was my first show. That was an absolutely amazing show and that it was 2020. Yeah. And y'all started off inside. And then COVID hit. Uh-huh. And everything went into lockdown and the theater said no, we're going to we're going to keep going. And you held all the rehearsals outside, mm-hmm. re-choreographed the entire show so it could be outside. Uh-huh. And it was it was amazing and the kids were so thankful that they kept in contact with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and they weren't totally locked down you know, in their house by themselves. Yeah. It kept that family together. And that was just so impressive. Yeah. And and theater kids don't like to be isolated. No. No. Not at all. (laughs) They are very public, very extroverted people, definitely. Mm -hmm. So can you talk to us a little bit about what goes into putting a production together there? Yeah. um, I think that the most important thing in the area I'm so lucky with is the team. I have a lot of great staff who return time after time because they just love doing it and the show staff they get a little bit of pay but it's honestly just volunteers who we give a little thank you to so these people are just so passionate about theater um we got some great people who come back every time to direct and things like that so i have a lot of people i can count on so that it isn't all on me um but basically finding a good team is where you start we've got our also have our hans christian anderson advisory board they're the ones that help us pick our show season at our next meeting, which I guess when this podcast comes out, it'll be shortly after this. We'll be picking all of our shows for our next season and brainstorming who can we get to direct, if there's anyone new that we can bring in, because we're always trying to teach people the craft and get new faces. I think for anyone who's not been part of any sort of theater production, whether in school or with community theater or what have you, it's an ecosystem of its own. Yes. And there are a lot of moving parts and there are a lot of people involved who, who don't ever act. And that's just not something they're interested in, but they, they're still passionate about the process. Why don't we talk about some of the um, some aspects that people could potentially get involved in with the theater that if they're not necessarily actors? Well, I, one big area is we always need volunteers for things like helping with hair and makeup on show days, which a lot of people find intimidating. But show makeup is not regular makeup, so anybody can do it. It does not have to look good up close. And that's what we try to tell people. We're like, don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. And we actually have a lot of volunteers who are parents who just said, okay, yeah, I'll I'll trust you that this isn't going to be that hard. And now they do it all the time. And um, they just learned as they went. And it's really great that theaters, you're able to do that. And then um, also for every show, we have like a concessions table or will call. And uh, we always have parents that fill those roles because there's a lot of work that you don't really realize needs to be done. We get a lot of parents who help us fill those roles. So what's the the core age group of people who tend to participate? Um, our focus is kindergarten through 12th grade, um, but we've recently started expanding to some shows that are 16 and up. We've only done two of those recently. In the past, they've done a few where they were adults, but um, we just introduced the 16 and up show recently. But our main focus is children. Our, I think our the age range that we have the highest participation in right now is third through fifth grade. There's a lot of third through fifth graders who want to be involved with theater, and we just can't fit them all in at once. So we're trying to make more room for them. But that kind of makes sense because that seems like it's that time when they have the ability to remember a little bit and have a little more patience to participate. I have a seven-year-old who is a first grader, and I'm trying to imagine him having the patience to actually (laughs) go through that process. 
And as someone who was a soccer mom for exactly one season, because <laughs> we tried. Oh, and it was through the rec center as well, um, which the preschool program for that is a lot of fun. It's perfect for that age group because it's very low commitment. And uh, most of the coaching is I, I you can't see my air quotes, but they were there. <laughs> uh, most of the coaching is literally just getting the kids to all go the same direction <laughs> yes. and stay on the field because sometimes they just run off into the woods, <laughs> yes. which is bad. But that was a good place for him. It's fantastic that you don't have to struggle to to find mm -hmm. kids that are wanting to participate. That's that's awesome. Yeah, it is great. Where, well, right now, it's funny that you said the the kids being distracted and not being able to focus. But as we're recording this, we're, we actually have our kindergarten through second grade play going on. And I'm not super hands on with every rehearsal for every production, but I've been helping out the past couple of days because they're learning some Christmas carols. And I, I tell you, this age group, you'd think. I don't know. They're a little crazy, but they got spirit in them. And I don't know how the directors who handle this age group, they're saints because they, um, Ollie Tower is our director for that one. And I don't know how they do it. They're crazy, talented Lots with the kids. Patience. Yes. So much patience. I think it helps that there's a, sort of a different pathway in the brain that is that fires with music, too. And music is such a valuable learning tool for that age group. That's one thing that we talk a lot about when we do story times with the younger kids is that if you want if you want them to get passionate about reading or just language in general, a huge way to do that is to just sing songs at home and give them a chance to memorize songs and just get used to the how the rhyming comes up in the songs. And there's so much in your brain that happens at that age from music. Am I correct in thinking? I don't think the schools here really do productions like that for elementary schools anymore, do they? I don't think so. I know that they do things in their music classes, right, but I don't right. know of any theater specifically. But. I've noticed that with my kids is that they can stand up in front of a class now and give a presentation without even thinking. It, the more you're out there, you're building confidence. Uh -huh. And that confidence translates into their real life, too. My children have no problem walking up to anyone, an adult, and hold a conversation. Mm -hmm. But they're confident in who they are, and a lot of that comes from theater. How long have you lived in this area? You grew up here? I actually grew up over in Cedar Springs. And okay. I just started doing the summer shows here in Greenville, so... Now I just kind of stuck around. But okay. now I live in over in Ionia. So I've never really lived in the area. Okay. So just... you're just circling it is yes. what it sounds like. Yes. Okay. Okay. So so how do you feel like this community differs from, say, Cedar Springs or Ionia? Like, is there a different feel to you in any way? I think, well, I mean, obviously my perspective is theater, but I feel like Greenville is a really theater-centric community, more so than any other school. Cedar has a really great theater program and they care a lot about it at the school, but the community as a whole is still, I think, a little more sports-centered uh -huh. in that kind of mindset. And here in Greenville, I really respected the schools and how much they put into their theater program. It's it's amazing. We, at the community theater, that kind of opportunity. There's community theaters in Cedar and things like that, but I don't know if it's this level of opportunity for the kids. And I think it's because I'm not sure if they're programs are connected to the community center there at all or anything like that. But we got a really good setup to be able to keep this program going long term. And so I just think that it's cool how much Greenville seems to care about the arts, which uh -huh. you don't always see. Too much, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. But no, they, they really took to the theater. So it was just a relief when we moved here and we found that community. And the 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 ones done by the younger kids must be so much fun to watch. They too. are. They are. The um, This fall, we did the Mystery Club with third through fifth graders. And I mean, the performances aren't perfect, but they are so the energy is amazing. Uh -huh. And you just get kind of caught up in as an audience member. And um, the crowd was always laughing with the kids because sometimes they would laugh at something they say on stage. <laughs> and I mean, it's just a really good atmosphere and it's a good thing to come and encourage them because they're going to stay in it if they if they love it. Uh -huh. it, seem, it seems like it would be a a good opportunity to bring your family to something like that, too, that um, if you have kids that are that age or maybe even a little bit younger, that um, because it's a little bit more of a relaxed atmosphere, that it might give them the opportunity to see, okay, this is what this looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know how many people I've heard say that they wanted to start doing shows because they came and saw a different show there. So. It's just a good way to 
see if maybe that's something you're interested in and that sort of thing. What's your happy place in our in our the theater? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Saw that coming. I am determined to get some other interest out of you. Do no. you have do you have hobbies? Do you do you um, just really like sleeping? Like is there anything in your life that is not on stage? I don't know. I not really. I did no. not think that would be a question that would put you on the spot. Do you have? Do you watch TV ever? Oh, do you I like- sure. Yeah, okay. I watch TV. All right. What favorite show? Uh, The Rookie. The Rookie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that the one with Hank Azaria, or is that me thinking of it? No, it's with Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. Yep. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. My my brain's on baseball, so I'm thinking. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I'm in I'm in rookie mode, like baseball wise, and yeah. I think the Hank Azaria one I'm thinking of, he's like a uh, sports announcer. But yeah, he that's the one where he's a he's a police officer, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you a Nathan Fillion fan? Um, you know, I mean, I like what he did, but until the rookie, not like I was a diehard. But now I, okay. I, I'm, yeah, you know, you watch a show and you, you just get obsessed with the actors that are in it. Yeah. So, Doctor Horrible sing along yes, blog. That's what I was about to say. Yes, like Captain Hammer. Yes. D- have you ever heard of <laughs> no. that? It's amazing. It's it's him and Neil Patrick Harris. It was a online release musical that. Um, during the time of the writer's strike. Yeah. So nobody got paid for this performance. They did it out of boredom. <laughs> uh-huh. Because no one could perform. My brain is breaking. Who was the who was the Josh Whedon? Thank you. Yeah, Josh, Josh Whedon. Whedon. Um Buffy. Well, it's a musical, first of all. Yes. Uh, which you, which uh, I love. Which you'll so. yeah. Um but it's a twist on the on the um superhero, supervillain mm-hmm. dynamic because the supervillain is the protagonist, that's Neil Patrick Harris, and then the superhero who is Nathan Fillion is is the quote unquote bad guy. Oh, so no. it's really fun. You should look it up and it's yeah. So what is this called again? Uh Doctor Horrible's sing along blog. Yes. Got it. Yes. Yes. Sing along blog. I like Must it. See. I will. I will Google that after this. <laughs> fun fun fact. I never turned the television on when the kids were small uh-huh. and that came out right around Christmas time uh-huh. and I had purchased it. It was $5. You paid shipping and handling because I couldn't make money on it. Right. So, you know, I had it come and it showed up a week before Christmas and Eric and I are looking at each other like, okay, we got to watch this. So that was actually the very first musical um, my oldest daughter watched and she was hooked. Wow. We went from okay. that to Sound of Music, and that's a transition. Oh right no, she, but she loved it, and that's all she would watch. That's all she wanted to see was musicals. I get it. So that was that was her first one, though. They're that's immersive. Awesome. They mm-hmm. they they suck you in, and even if mm-hmm. you're one of those cynical people that's like, ah, musicals. Like it's mm-hmm. just it's you find yourself singing along with the songs later, mm-hmm. and it just kind of gets it. It gets under your skin. Uh, do you have a favorite musical? Oh, that's hard. <laughs> For a long time, it was Newsies. I love oh, Newsies okay. so much. Um, like a production version of it, or like the the Disney movie? Uh, a production version okay. of it. I liked the movie first, and then when I found out it was a stage show, when I was starting to get into theater, I was like, "What?" So then it was <laughs> awesome, and then you know they got the like really good recording of it on I think Netflix, and it's Jeremy Jordan. So that's just a lot of talent right there. So I I love Newsies. I like watching that one, too, because I like dancing and I like seeing it. So that one's a lot of dancing. Yes. There are some musicals that really are best experienced that way. That's Mm -hmm. not not just the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. How about you, Sharon? Do you have have a favorite? Uh, Hamilton, the musical. Yeah, sure. That's That's good. Yeah, it's kind of a gimme. Well, yeah, it is. And I'm educational, you know, it's... You learn while you watch. Exactly. Yeah. And I actually did learn a lot from that play. Yeah. yeah. So, and the amount of dialogue they get in, in a musical, just because yeah. they're rapping it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that show would be six, seven hours if they actually sang all that. Well, and Davi Diggs, I think he's like set some kind of records for speed, which is incredible because, I mean, who is that articulate? I love Davi Diggs so much. Mm, me too. Oh, yes. I mean, who doesn't love Hamilton? Right. What kind of horrible person doesn't love Hamilton. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I feel like I've experienced a lot of musicals over the years where I've just been very judgy for the first couple of days. And then again, it just kind of sinks into you. Les Mis was that. Like, mm-hmm. I was just like, this is corny. But then like, it, yeah, it just kind of grows on you. Mm-hmm. And I, my mom was the big like Rodgers and Hammerstein ones too. So like South Pacific mm-hmm. and 
um, Cinderella. And... That's what we're doing our next show in the summer. Our Danish oh, show fantastic. is Friday's Hammerstein and Cinderella. Yeah. Okay. What? So what? What's the core age for that? Is that is that more across the board or that one? We are doing a little wider age range, so it's going to be ages ten and up. Because okay. a lot of the feedback we've been getting lately is that families want to do it together. Like the oh, parents cool. who did yeah. theater want to come back and do it with their kids. So we're trying to give a show that they can do that. So. That's so much. Mm -hmm. That's great. Right now we're talking, it's the week of Thanksgiving, so it's a little bit far removed from from when people would actually be hearing this. But um, you said that starting the beginning of the year, the decisions will be made about what will be in the upcoming season. Yep. For, okay. Mm -hmm. So how do they make those decisions? Our options are somewhat limited for musicals because we don't we can't fit a live pit on stage. We got to get creative. Um, FRCP has done it. But we don't typically do that. We use tracks. So I have a database that I made when I went through all of the websites and found all the shows that have tracks. And then I bring that big list to the board and um, we kind of go through and we pick out some of our favorites. And we normally pick our top three-ish um, because we always want to talk with the school first and the theaters in the area to make sure we're coordinating. And we know what everybody's doing and we're not overlapping at all. So um it's a big conversation. And then we have two meetings that we really focus on that because we start the discussion in February and then we make the decision in May. Okay. So it's so, a process. Do you do any productions in the spring season or do you focus on summer? Um, we do in the spring and winter. When everybody will be listening to this, we'll actually be in the middle of rehearsing for high school musical. And oh, that one's fun. sixth okay. through 12th grade. So they perform February 15th, 16th, 17th, and 18th. So buy your tickets to that. Um, but just promo, but, um, and then we'll have a play, um, in the spring. Our, our seasons are a little, they shift around a little bit, but typically we always have our sixth through 12th grade musical in the winter. We, last year we had one in the fall, but that was unusual. And then we have our Danish musical, which it sometimes is a play. So I guess it's not really set whatever works with what people are doing in the area. So. The um, one associated with Danish, does it link back into that, to the festival in some way? For a little bit, it, the rules were that it had to be a Danish show. So when I started doing theater here and I did the summer shows, they were all Danish stories. So um, they were like the Snow Queen, Red Shoes, the classic Hans Christian Andersen um, plays. But it's broken away from that. And now we can we have more flexibility the cool thing is last year, the Danish theme was Vikings, and we did um, The Lightning Thief, which is Percy Jackson, which isn't quite Vikings, but it's still kind of the mythological vibes, but uh -huh. it doesn't really have to correlate anymore. Uh -huh. So just to change gears a little bit, do you have any local organizations that you um, that you feel passionate about? See, that's tough because everything I do is somewhat theater-related. Um, cause I get involved in the other communities, but it's always in the theater aspect. Okay. Like in Ionia, um, I haven't been involved much there, but I auditioned and participated in a production over there. And then I recently helped with choreography for their production of Sweeney Todd. I'm on their production selection committee or something like that. Don't know the official title, but I'm on it. And so everywhere I just get involved through theater and you kind of get to know the people that way. You go with your strengths is what it sounds like. And yep. I, I'm and sorry, I'm pushing do. so hard to make you think <laughs> about other things. Are there other sort of festivals or events in the area that you enjoy? I like going to Danish Festival. Actually, being in the shows every summer, I really did not go at all when I was a child. I got to go the first time a couple of years ago, and I was like, this is awesome. I actually had no idea that all this stuff was going on, mm -hmm. which is so weird because I'm usually just down the road. Um, So that was cool. And I like to go to Renaissance Festivals, which is why I wanted to bring one here. In Comstock Park, they have the Mill Creek Days, and they do a Renaissance Festival for part of that. We had some swords guys come in for our festival, and they were actually at Danish Festival as well. Uh -huh. And their main head guy there, Jerry, he actually runs the festival in Comstock Park. So he invited us to come check that out. So but that's, I mean, that's kind of seems like a branch of theater of Renaissance festivals. Yeah, but I mean, you're finding ways to wiggle things, you know, make the circle just a teensy bit bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you have any other run fairs that you've that you've been to that you've liked? Um, I went to the Enchanted Forest over by Frankenmuth area, and I mean, and oh, I went to Holly this year too. I forgot about that. That mm -hmm. was my first time at the Holly Festival, and that was humongous and crazy. And one day, maybe we'll be like that. But 
something to aspire to. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> do you do the full like get up for? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean, I have access to the community center's costume room, right? Yeah, so you so know, you gotta, I got to go all out. <laughs> do you do you actually have to like like bustle in too? Like, do you have the do you do the full tight? Oh no, I did. The last <laughs> costume I did was a satyr, which I actually okay. borrowed pants that they made for our lightning thief. So I told the customers, I said, "Hey, I I broke your pants back out because I wore them." <laughs> so <laughs> that is perfect because those. I mean, the dresses just look really really uncomfortable. Yeah, um, dresses fun. are not fun in a porta potty. Oh, I can't yeah. imagine. It's like it's like getting married and trying to use the bathroom in a wedding dress. Yeah, yes. I feel like that would be very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have I'll... you have you done that whole? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Silly question, but yeah. Oh yes, we go to Holly every year. Okay. And I do have the full red velvet oh, okay. dress, oh. handmade. Your family is like, I, I just want you to adopt me. <laughs> like, yes, you guys are so much fun. Do you think it's more inconvenient than wearing armor, like as a knight? I don't know. I feel like the dress would be easier to get out of. So in this scenario, in the library, there is a library principal and you got sent, sent to the library principal's office. Why do you think you got sent there? Oh, talking for sure. Talking too loud. Talking too loud. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm a loud person and I like to talk a lot. Okay. This is this is a misconception we need to work on. Oh, it it like, is. This is we don't shush people anymore. Really? Yeah. We have story times with like like 43-year-olds and they're just like screaming songs and like they're having they have fun. Yeah, they so like we are not I will have moments where I'm on the desk and I speak to someone and they're whispering to me because mm-hmm. they're afraid someone might hear and I will intentionally go, you don't have to whisper. Like, I will deliberately <laughs> speak a little louder than almost as comfortable because, like, if if they hear me doing it, then hopefully they'll know that they are they don't have to, too. But, yeah. Uh, it actually makes us smile to hear people talking and having a good time in the library. I feel like if you walk in and you're reserved, you're not going to embrace the library. That's true. You you need to express yourself, and, and it makes us happy to hear it and see it. Right. And part of what we're going for at this point with the whole front porch concept is that historically front porches are are actually very theatrical spaces. They are where people came to to tell stories as communities and perform music. And it was a communal space where people would gather with their neighbors. And I was very extroverted and very theatrical. There is that sort of commonality there of, and again, like this is reasonably new for us too but i think most of us who end up in libraries these days the overlap of the theater people and the library people that venn diagram is getting a little closer together Mm -hmm. i would say definitely i i'm gonna put you on the spot one more time that's okay but i gave you advance notice of this to be fair um do not feel bad if you fail this epically it's totally okay i couldn't resist because you direct the hans christian anderson theater Mm -hmm. So, and obviously, Hans Christian Andersen has significance to our area, area in as much as his Danish culture and, and our Danish heritage in this area. And we have a Hans Christian Andersen collection. So, in the spirit of that, I figured I would force you to answer Hans Christian Andersen theater questions and see how much you actually know about Hans Christian Andersen. All right. Okay. It's okay. I got to channel all the past theater coordinators. Yes. Okay, so in what year was Hans Christian Andersen born? 1805, 1810, 1795, or 1820? That's the hardest one, I swear. All right, that I'm going to go with 1805. Yes, you were right. Oh, my God. Yes. I, knew, I mean, oh, I knew that. That very was good. Wow. That okay. was in my brain, not a guess. So you're, you're <laughs> nice. That's yes. impressive. So, no, it was a guess. I mean, it's I'm all lying. it's all downhill <laughs> from here, yeah. Okay. Which of the following is not a fairy tale written by Hans Christian Andersen? Oh, okay. The Little Mermaid, The Ugly Duckling, Cinderella, and The Emperor's New Clothes. It would be Cinderella. Very good. Oh, yeah. All we right. said with we've, confidence. We've performed those other shows. Okay, so, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought there was a possibility that, that his work you would actually be familiar with. Yes. I would hope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, two for two. Okay, besides being a writer... What other profession did Hans Christian Andersen pursue? Teacher, actor, 
painter, or musician? Hmm. I feel like he was probably a teacher. A lab. Oh. He was an actor. Oh, well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the trick one. Well, I mean, one. not necessarily right. because his he was known for his, his, you know, prose fairy tales. So that's not a given. But but you are an actor. And in that respect, you should probably be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. Yep. So it's okay. I'll, it's I'm okay. going to quit theater now. <laughs> I don't I don't know what you would do with yourself. I was going to say you'd be a, a husk of a human being. I just watch point, The Rookie all the time, I guess. Apparently. Those are the only two aspects <laughs> to your personality. Yep. Good to know. Okay. Which famous author cited Hans Christian Andersen as an influence on their work? J.K. Rowling, Charles Dickens, Agatha Christie, or Ernest Hemingway? First, mm. uh, first things first, have you read any of these authors? I read J.K. Rowling. Okay. That's one four yep uh this is just gonna be a shot in the dark here <laughs> i'm gonna go with agatha ernest <laughs> jay i don't even remember who the fourth dickens. one was dickens okay. it was dickens right it was yes. dickens oh, yeah wow. well done <laughs> that was first try. you got that you're all over it hans christian anderson was known for his extensive travels which of the following countries did he not not visit russia the U.S., Australia, or Italy? Probably Australia. Yes. Uh, clearly, oh. you are a Hans Christian Andersen expert. <laughs> yeah. This one is tricky. Oh. In what language did Hans Christian Andersen originally write his fairy tales? Oh, if it's tricky. English, German, French, or Dutch. Okay. You said it's tricky. so Because there's no Danish in there. Mm. I feel like he probably wrote it in... Dutch. That was my first instinct, too. No. But I think it may be because they both have the letter D at the beginning. Yes, that was it. German, actually. Ah. Which kind of makes sense because I think that's what the Grimm brothers probably were writing in, too, yes. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Which of these historical figures is said to have influenced his work? Shakespeare? Kierkegaard? Let's see if I can pronounce this name. Goethe? I bet you can't spell that one. Or Tolstoy? There's no R in it. That's the secret. I'm going to say the one that was the easiest to say, which was Shakespeare. No, it was the hard one. Oh. It was Goethe. I never would have guessed it. G-O-E-T-H-E. -E. I thankfully have heard somebody pronounce that out loud because it doesn't sound like it looks like. But anyway, um, one more. Which of Anderson's stories is notable for having no antagonists or moral lessons, but is rather a narrative about the joy of life? The Nightingale? The Red Shoes, The Butterfly, or The Little Mermaid? I know it's not The Red Shoes. Probably not The Little Mermaid either, because that one's dark, isn't it? That one's got a lesson. Maybe. It's a brutal lesson. Yes. If you, if you They're are. all brutal, the classic Yeah, stories. yeah. The Disney kind of puts a shine on yep. some of this stuff, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with, I feel, I'm I feel like I've read The Nightingale, but, so I'm going to guess The Butterfly. You are totally accidentally correct. Well done. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So you actually did pretty good. Yeah, I'd say you absolutely. got a, a good half of them. That's those are hard questions. I know. Mm -hmm. um, those were from Chat GPT because I couldn't be bothered to put it together myself. <laughs> um, and some of them were just so ridiculously obvious. Like, what kind of uh, writing was he known for? Fairy tales. <laughs> I mean, duh. And then, of course, anything to do with Denmark. We know that it's it's always going to be Denmark yep. because that's what we know here. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. Um, that was a weird transition. I apologize. So thank you so much for coming in. It was really nice to get to meet you for the first time. You and um, I hope you continue to find other hobbies besides theater. No promises. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start sending Sharon home with things that are ancillary to theater, like vaguely related to it, to sort of tease you away from some, just to, you know, just to, you gotta experience the world. Mm -hmm. There's so much out there. Mm -hmm. Only after she watches a Dr. Harville's. Yes, film. that's a good oh, place yeah. to start. Okay. We'll start, we'll, and we'll ease you into other Neil Patrick Harris vehicles. Yeah. Did you ever watch um, How I Met Your Mother? Yep. He was in, mm -hmm. there, well, there we go. Mm -hmm. That's two TV shows we've gotten to. Okay. Yep. Progress. That's it. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, I am back sitting down with, with Sharon. So we talked some about the the trek that you made to get up here. 
And we talked some about the stuff that your family has gotten involved with in the area, obviously theater stuff. Yes. You are not a Greenville res- resident specifically. You live... I live in Belding. In Belding, which I do too. So you said that pre-COVID, you there was a lot that you were doing in Belding as well. What kind of stuff were you involved in? So, uh, yeah, we got involved with the Girl Scout troop there. Oh, yeah. Which, which is an amazing group of people. They're, okay. Yeah. And um, the museum. That makes me wonder if maybe we met each other pre-COVID and just... I'm sure. I used to library. You used to be the youth librarian at the library. I did. So yes, definitely, definitely. And I do remember you coming to the Bell Museum one Sunday too, and I saw you, and I was like, "Oh, you got to come to this room because there's books, the older books." That was me. (laughs) Well, and of course, I tried to point you in the direction of of books. I knew your daughter too because she was just an attitude on legs. Oh my gosh, still is. I very clearly remember her coming to our girls' night out event where we did all the makeup and hair stuff. We had cosmetology students who came in and mm-hmm. were doing that. And yeah, she, she was a hoot. Well, she still is. <laughs> she she still is. And and that's the result of being raised as a theater kid. There we go. Comic cons and rent fairs. And that's what you end up with. Well, invariably, those are the fun kids that end up making friends with the librarians, too, because yes. children's librarians have to be a little theatrical, too. They have to have yes. no worry about preserving their own dignity. They have to right. be willing to jump around singing and dancing to Lori Berkner. So what things have you found that you've sort of like sunk into in the community besides theater that you've come to appreciate about around here? What about the community drew you in? Okay, so we um, got involved with the Bell Museum, like I said, and uh-huh. volunteering there and um, doing the, oh gosh, I'm going back to theater. We, we did the graveyard. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> which was all theatrical. That That's the one in Belding, right? Right. Right, the one just So south. on Halloween, they do the, the graveyard tours okay. and such, so. Right, yeah. Yes. Are they still doing that? Not since 2020, I don't okay. think. But yeah. prior to that, they were. We have, we've lost quite a few things in the last couple of years around there. Like, they're, some of which have made me very genuinely sad. This past past year was the last year they were doing the Beatnik Bazaars, which is right. tragic. Oh, yes. Uh, that was huge. such a great program. Yes. And it was right around the corner from us, so we could go over and get kettle corn. Oh, and they um, still have the Gus Macker tournament. Yep. Yep, which is huge. I didn't realize. Yes, because Gus Macker is based in in Belding. That is its world headquarters. Had no idea. Mm-hmm. The very first year we lived in Belding, mm-hmm. that I'm thinking, okay, it's a little basketball tournament. That'll be cool. Let's ride down there and see what it's like. Oh my goodness! Yeah, people come from all over. The population like tripled. And Belding has a has a um, cool annual car show that they do too. Hmm. Um. Labor Day, for whatever reason, Labor, Labor Day, Day is a big weekend there. Labor I don't know. Labor Day is huge. Yeah. Um, they do the, the carnival. Yeah. Down by Leppings and, um, uh, they do the car show. They have dog shows. They have all That's sorts of activities. It's, parade. Yeah. The parade is big. I yeah. Was, I was surprised. The first year we moved to building, I remember seeing the, the Labor Day is, they were going to have a parade and I was mm-hmm. all excited because, you know, I haven't seen, they don't do parades in Memphis. It's just too busy. Mm-hmm. And my my hometown was too small to do parades. Oh, So okay. parade was a big thing for me. Right. I was shocked at how big it was. It's, yeah. it's Well, I mean, I think it's a big small town thing in general, yeah. which is kind of funny when you think about it. Because it's like, let's all go sit on the lawn and right. watch people walk by. Sure. Yeah. I mean, right. they, they will walk by with cool decorations and occasionally yeah. throw candy on, at you. But it is kind of a funny ritual when you think about it. It, it really is. It was it was an experience. Yeah. And we live like a block away from the middle school, so um, which is also pretty near the high school. So whenever right. they're rehearsing to get ready for that stuff, we uh, we can always hear it from our house. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Yeah. I do not live downtown building. We live. I actually don't live in building city Proper. limits. Yeah, it's Otisco Township, yep. so I'm out there in the country. Yeah, there there is something nice about living in a small town. Definitely, especially mm-hmm. when there's um, um, activities and stuff going on. We don't we don't have to find parking. We just walk downtown. It's very nice. Oh, I imagine. So. Yes. Yeah, I can take the Flat River Trail. 
Oh, yes. Yes. And go downtown that way. It, that runs by my house. Okay. So I live right off the Flat River. Since we originally spoke with Maddie, your um, theater affiliation has has expanded. It's semi has. against your will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when we actually spoke with Maddie, this was not on my radar. Right, all. right. It, I, it was not something I had anticipated being involved in. Uh-huh. I just saw it pop up on my Facebook feed and went, this is awesome. I think I might do this because I have never been involved in theater. I have children who are involved in theater. I have a uh-huh. husband who's involved in theater. Not I even on never. the tech side? No. Okay. I have. N- well, so you just jumped in feet first and decided let's well, audition because i have kids i guess i've done makeup and hair right, and i right. you know and all of the backs you know for them for mm-hmm. for hcat right I've volunteered quite a bit but never i've never auditioned for a play and i just thought wow this is perfect. still magnolias yeah. it doesn't get any more me <laughs> right it's perfect especially when you are going to be the lone Southern, actual legitimate Southerner in the room, even you if you're go. not from the from the right state. Anyway, no, I'm not from the right state. Louisiana, Louisiana. has its own dialect and its yes. own accent, but I'm a little closer to authentic. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Who's putting on the production? Flat River Community Players. Okay, so yeah, and it will be held at the Greenville Area Recreation Center, March twenty second. Okay. So when you auditioned, yes. if you could have handpicked which character you felt like was the best fit for you, mm-hmm. and of course, the majority of us, if you know, if you're at least the right age, mm-hmm. um, are pretty readily familiar. And if you're not a dude, <laughs> yes, yes, there's a lower population of of men who are as yes able to recite all the lines. But which character? Do you did you feel the most affinity with before auditioning? That's a hard one. I Malin for sure. Okay, uh, only because of the age. Otherwise, Shelby because I am a type one diabetic, right? And I can relate. But now that I am older and have children, thank God they do not have it. But I I can relate to Malin. Uh-huh. I mean, is yeah. So they sense that in you. They probably did. They're like, she's not acting. She's just living it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> she's going to spontaneously burst into tears on stage and it won't. It, it might happen. 100% real. Might happen. For each production. <laughs> For each um, each show. Right. Yeah. That's going to be really cool. Yeah. It, it was It was a wonderful experience. I had uh-huh. fun auditioning until I was called back. And then right. the callback was just nerve wracking. And I thought I totally blew it because, oh, okay. I did. I blew it because I just was so nervous. And I wasn't nervous until I was there. Mm-hmm. Wasn't nervous going in the building. But okay. once I got there and I looked around, I'm like, I kind of fangirled because oh, I've seen okay. all these people on stage. Oh, that's funny. Okay. I know I'm, they're local, but they're so good. Right. And I have admired them on stage. And then I'm looking around going, I have no I experience with this. Work. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I literally fangirled. Mm-hmm. Like a rube. Yeah. And I left there. And you know how it plays over and over in your head. I don't know if it does this for everybody. But for me, if yeah, I make I a... I think it's a pretty common... Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I woke up the next morning and I had totally messed up a line and that kept playing in my head oh, over and over and okay. over and I was, it was horrible <laughs> because I had to wait a whole day oh that's the worst although usually I mean that's that's not that long it wasn't that long but it seemed like an eternity I can't imagine it was yeah. horrible so but but we so were you it. hoping to get it or not get it yes <laughs> I mean I didn't want to so totally, you got your wish <laughs> I didn't totally blow it because yeah. it was fun and I and I it's going to be a great experience it will be and it's I'm surrounded by wonderful people uh-huh. and do you know the the person pay, playing your your daughter Shelby I the Julia Roberts role <laughs> Olivia is playing Shelby and I have watched her she's okay. this She's a high school student. I think she's okay. still in high school. She didn't graduate last year. So I watched her for the last five, okay. six years on stage. I feel like I know her. Okay. She doesn't have a clue who I am. 
Right. Yes. Okay. So there, yeah, it, there, it feels like there's a little bit mm-hmm. of a imbalance happening. Yes. Here. So especially yeah. since you are fangirling her, you think I it would know. be the other way around naturally. No, but no, no I, she should have played Malin and you should have played Shelby. Yes. Yes. Age. That just throw the age aspect out and just, yeah. Switch our bodies. We're good. And there we go. <laughs> Freaky Friday. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Who is your favorite character though? Oh, Weezer. For sure. Yes. Shirley I mean, Plain. Oh gosh. Yeah. Just to be that smart mouthed and yep. on it and And just not care. Exactly. Yeah. Just to be able to say what you think. I mean, I think those things, but my filter, you know, kicks in and it's like you can't say it. Right. <laughs> in fact, I was trying to think of one of my favorite lines of hers, but I don't think most of them would be appropriate for Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No profanity, so I can't like yeah. say the favorite lines, but yes, but Olivia, right. did, yeah, uh, well, oh, she played Olivia. it so well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's the whole scene where they're talking about Anne Boleyn <laughs> and how she had six fingers. That's that's one we can talk about. <laughs> she had to bring six some culture. fingers. Mm-hmm. What happened to the other four? <laughs> right. And the line, yeah, I don't pay to go to plays because I can sleep at home. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can contribute to the arts without having to show up for them. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. That is going to be so much fun. It and is. We will all be there um, distracting you, no doubt. But nervous at all. That's, it's going to be great. It's going to be so much fun. I feel like that will attract a nice crowd. So if you're a fan of Steel Magnolias or you just want to, you just want to see how much fun the production is. Oh, yes. Um, And it obviously it's a little bit different from the movie. It's ba- in the play form, it's more based in Truvy's. Um, in her beauty salon. Shop yeah. There. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. so, the play was actually first. I think I thought I asked you that, and you said you it wasn't, did, and I was incorrect. Oh, okay. <laughs> I looked it up, and actually, it was the there was the play was written first. That makes sense. And then the movie was made based on the play. Okay. I kind of feel bad for the you know whatever the original Broadway cast of Steel Magnolias was or not because they've been completely superseded by all of these like demigods that were in the movie production. We all associate Olympia Dukakis and Shirley MacLaine and and Dolly Parton. So so keep an eye out for that. That's uh, mid-March from the Flat River Community Players. So come check it out. Thank you so much for for facing your fear, hanging out with me. Thanks for um, making me. And chatting. I will say too that part of why I enjoy doing the podcast this way is because this is all of my favorite podcasts are just sort of like listening in on other people's conversations. I think that's the best. It's like having friends that you can turn on and off when you want to. And that's, I mean, that's perfect. That's what we all want. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, thank you so much for, for being a part of this. And thank you again to Maddie for coming in. And thank you all and take care. Bye.